0: Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And hello friends, to our Headline News edition of Season 3, Episode 9 for January twenty third, 2022. And we have, as usual, three interesting stories and even better
1: takes, so let's get into it. So, our first story is why getting gas costs so much now. So, if you guys have a car, you've probably noticed just how much your gas bill is rising and it has actually reached the highest level it's been since 2014 and it started all in thanksgiving of 2021 when the omicron variant started spreading and there was a lot of fear especially from the producers that because business travel like airplanes cars trucks all that will decline but turns out the effect of the Omicron variant wasn't too bad. Like I said, producers were scared that demand will fall, but it turns out it happened the other way around. Demand has remained all right and pretty stable while supplies have actually fallen. And when supply decreases while demand stays, prices rise. Analysts from Goldman Sachs, Rystad Energy, and Atlantic Council Global Energy Center all expect prices to keep going up for at least like another two years which is like 2023, until the market stabilizes again. And they expect it to go over $100 per barrel. So right now, it's about 83, I think. If I may be a bit wrong, but around that. And the reason why OPEC, which is the organization mainly in charge and has the largest market share of oil, the reason why they aren't selling or producing more oil is because of a lot of things. Um, They've ranged from a recent drone attack on a UAE oil facility to this Iraq-Turkey oil pipeline that stopped working and even tensions between U.S. and Moscow. For OPEC, this is actually not bad. They get to make less oil and rake in more money. But don't fret too much. OPEC sort of knows their place and they know they can't make prices go too high or else other countries such as the U.S., We'll start increasing production from our domestic facilities, which OPEC doesn't like because it takes away market shares from them. And President Biden has already put out domestic oil, like the oil that we make, onto our own market to increase the supply and alleviate the prices. But unfortunately, it didn't do too much. And also another unfortunate thing is that Biden cannot just keep putting our own reserves out there. But what the U.S. can do is talk more with saudi arabia or you could call like rubbing shoulders to get them to give us more oil right so to act all chummy with them yes to get more oil yes and obviously our relationship with saudi arabia is very complex and can like most relationships ethically morally it can be morally suspicious yeah morally suspicious like We've given them weapons before that they use for not good reasons. We also use our own weapons for not good reasons as well. But the only way, like, Americans are struggling. Wages are not rising. We have tons of supply chain issues. I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's a lot of things that you can't get nowadays because of um, supply chain (laughs) issues. Uh Like a lot of the beauty products in the skincare industry. They're on wait lists now because the brands cannot get access to them, like the ones that they make themselves, mm-hmm. right? And if you've seen Costco, there's less things on the shelves as well.
0: Yeah, there's also, like, the whole thing with cars, right? Oh, I
1: haven't heard of that.
0: No, oh, I mean, like, there's always a shortage of cars. Oh. Like, no matter where you go, I think, recently. it's It was really hard for us to buy a car recently, oh. so... Like, for mine, I had to wait a month, and that's, like, already a short amount of time. Yeah. The only reason I got that car was because somebody was... Or somebody had a reservation for it, and then they decided they didn't want it and dropped it. So if I had to wait for an actually, like, a new one to be in production, then it would probably take even longer for me to get a
1: car. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And... Obviously, OPEC, there's a limit to how much OPEC can produce, of course, but they could also sell, try to sell more, Mm -hmm. not to say they have their own troubles with that and their own incentive not to, but the only thing we can bring up to, unless we create more of our own oil, but then again, our resources, actually, our resources are good, but they're not sustainable. They're not as sustainable as other countries' resources. And when I say sustain- sustainable, it's not to mean that it's environmentally good, it's just not going to last as long yeah. as um like we just don't have as much as other countries do. So it's costly and, to use our own. Yeah. Well, it's not costly right now, but say it's going to keep rising for the next 2 years, that's something that will put a big strain on our
0: oil Mm -hmm. reserves
1: so i understand what biden is trying to like would try to do and like talk to saudi arabia or get more oil because they have a bunch of oil but you know they'll probably ask for something back trade
0: and hopefully i don't know it might be weapons again but we don't know as we've seen in the past so
1: yeah nothing is free in life unfortunately (laughs) So if you want to read more, you can check out Al Jazeera's article on on gas, on oil prices.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to our second story, uh, Monkey Queen of Japan is losing her power. Uh, Her name is Yakei, and she is the first female Alpha of the troop since the reservation was built 70 years ago. She's currently 9 years old, and she actually overthrew the former male Alpha in a very violent manner. And if you guys don't know, like, these kinds of monkeys fight for their rankings. And she now holds reign over 667 macaques. And, oh, what? One of the two troops in Which makes up one of the two troops at the Takasakiyama Natural Zoological Garden. And a group of macaques of the leader is called a troop, so basically it's only half of the total of the monkeys at the garden. And scientists and staff have been keeping track of the, so- of the social-political environment of the macaques or the snow monkeys who are super-intelligent creatures who have this red underbelly and really, really like to lie in hot springs. And although many animals have lived in matriarchal societies, this incident is the first time in which a female took over a patriarchal society, and one that happens to be extremely stringent. The monkeys live in a rank system, so that means the higher rank a monkey is, the more they can access food, mates, and places to sleep. How this work is that when a girl is born, they are assigned to the rank that is one rank lower than their mother's, and they usually stay in the troop they were born in. However, when a boy is born, he grows up and leaves to find another troop, where as they get older, the higher up they go, which is the same for females. Or, sometimes, fights can be started to move ranks. Yakei is in a really special circumstance because she beat her mom in a fight to become the leader of the group, and then she fought three higher-up males before fighting Nanchu. And Nanchu was the male female at the time and was 31 years old. Male alpha. Oh. And Nanchu was the male alpha at the time and was 31, which is pretty freaking old for a macaque, and then he was defeated. Once the fight was finished, the staff held the peanut test, which basically means that they placed a peanut, to see who would grab it first and in this case, usually the alpha would, and in this test, they saw that the whole troop voluntarily gave way to Yake. All this happened in the past year, and now mating season is coming up, which has already concerned a few observers. This one male named Luffy has been trying to woo her during the season, but she not only doesn't seem interested, but almost seems scared of Luffy, even though he's only ranked 5th. Her face, when she sees him, has a fear grimace towards him, which is only usually reserved for subordinates. However, at this time, she
1: still holds top rank for now. So I found this story super interesting. Mm -hmm. Because we've done animal stories, but like, oh, pandas at a zoo. Oh, new pandas born. But we never really dug into, like, the society and... The social-political landscapes of the way monkeys work in. Yeah.
0: Which is really interesting, because... I feel like a lot of us don't have this notion that they form these really intelligent and complex societies and ranks that they live in, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, even, like, me. When I first read this story, I was like, who who names themselves, like, the Monkey Queen? And then CC was like, wait, no, it's an actual monkey. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes a little more sense.
1: But yeah. yeah.
0: I was like, they're fighting? <laughs> Interesting. Because I thought they were people at first.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, macaques in Japan, um, the, the specific ones are obviously native to Japan, right? Mm-hmm. So you can find them in the, like, in the, like, between roads. And I watched this one video. If you search up macaques fighting on <laughs> YouTube, the, um, there's this one video where th- this guy was filming them, right? It was a, a, a very professional and... They named each macaque. So when they were pointing out who was doing what, they had names for them. Uh-huh. And it was out in the wild. Like, this is in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. Or not the street. It was like between a crossroad. And the two troops were fighting for a fig tree. Fig tree. And one of the troops already had control of the fig tree mm-hmm. while the others did not. And they wanted to try and get it. Yeah, the they wanted to try. And they're very violent. I saw a comment that was like, um, calling them a complex society is just saying that they're violent little shits or like that's true (laughs) something like that and we think of change in our human world right it almost seems natural of us to change who we who rules us um the structure of our society Mm -hmm. like there's republics democracies uh, authoritarian states and communist states socialist states Also, there's this gender equality at leadership. It's crazy to think about how this is actually happening in something we find more stagnant. I feel Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, when I think of animals, I think of this long history of tradition, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't seem to change Mm -hmm. or um, evolutionize as much as we do as humans.
0: Yeah, or like the way that they become more advanced Mm -hmm. as living beings. I don't think we ever think about that.
1: But it's also really funny to see how invested Japanese people are. So this article came from New York Times, and they had interviewed a lot of people. And these people are not just scientists and staff. These are random people who love to watch and observe the monkeys, and they report it to people. Like, they've written articles about it. It's a thing in Japan. I
0: remember doing a project on Japan, and I was also really fascinated because I was like, these monkeys just love living in hot springs. Like, <laughs> oh my god, they look so comfortable. Their cheeks are all red. And I found them really cute. But now I'm like, wow, they like to beat each other up very much for
1: ranking. Yeah. So. And it reminds me of almost, you know that Egyptians, that history where this empress, right? Or, well, I think she was the queen or something kind of took over. And then she wasn't, she didn't want to be seen as queen. She was actually king. Hatshepsut? Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually a similar case because Yakai acts more like a male instead of female. So Mm -hmm. when staff and like scientists can differentiate female and male, not just from like their biological, like what they look like, but also how they act, like Mm -hmm. how high their tail is, how they Like body language. Yeah, their body language. And Yakai acts like a male. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something that she learned on her own. That's what like, I was thinking. She kind of watched it and said, oh, this, like, is, this like, is how, how I want to yeah, act. Yeah,
0: in order to move up ranks, this is how I should be acting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Instead of, I guess, acting like
1: a female. Because they do live in a patriarchal society. Yeah. But she still has... Like, she's had... Uh, so, every mating season, about a female macaque mates with about uh, mates with around four males. She's never mated... But the she's last shown thing, she's shown interest. And they have this thing where when the male bites the face of the female, the underbelly uh-huh. turns really, really bright. And that means that the female, like,
0: they and the wanna, male, you, they want to...
1: They want to mate. Yeah, they want to okay. mate. And she's shown that. But now, like, she, um the other guy that was interested in her... Luffy? No, uh the one before, this... Guy that started some the other name, one. Some other guy. He's not interested in her anymore ever since she came to the top. Ouch. But Luffy is. And it's interest like, yeah. And I don't know if she has that fear grimace towards him because like I said, the macaques have a very, very rigid social hierarchy where males are stronger than females, mm-hmm. right? So I yeah, don't know I mean, this if this is something mate, biological. Yeah. But she doesn't seem interested in him. Like, oh, like at as all. a like as a mate. Interesting. Hmm. yeah well i thought this was just a really fun yeah. t- really interesting i feel like there should be a better word for interesting like fascinating this is a weirdly fascinating story like i didn't think i'd be interested in this but i am like i want to know the gossip now
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. well if you guys want to know more you can head over to new york times to read more on this story
1: last but not least we have our third story the cia confirms that the havana syndrome is not a plot from foreign enemies so i don't know if you guys have heard of it but the havana syndrome is this unexplainable sickness that government officials back in 2016 started experiencing in havana cuba symptoms range from nausea headaches and even memory loss when the first instance in cuba came up they started brain scanning the people who were sick and they found that they had brain damage, like tissue damage, mm-hmm. that was similar to if that person had gone through a bombing or a car accident, which they didn't. So the U.S. freaked out and started evacuating and moving every all the personnel out of Havana. But then this also started happening to a lot of stationed officials from, in China, Colombia, Russia, and even in the U.S. as well. And I think there was... And all of this was happening during the Obama era.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think with the Trump, uh, when in Trump era, they also had White House officials who had the same hmm. sickness. Mm-hmm. So this all caused this conspiracy that there's this foreign enemy enemy that was using like that was using some sort of technology that was deliberately getting the personnel sick. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's. Yeah. Okay. like a biochemical weapon yeah like a biochemical (laughs) weapon because there were changes in the brain scan that was like Mm -hmm. brain damage Mm -hmm. but recently the cia came out after their investigation that was like the white house wanted a lot of like uh, that the white house pushed on and they said no it is very unlikely it is an enemy um and even russia like they said it's not russia and it's actually most likely to a medical conditions. So this can be pre-existing medical conditions
0: uh, like like that developed into something worse.
1: Yeah, that maybe they worked too hard something happened. And a lot of the workers there also felt like they were hit by a beam of light or energy, which is kind of what brought this like biochemical weapon conspiracy thing into uh-huh. life. Yeah. But it's crazy to think about. Mhm. Have like citizens gotten this before? Not that I have heard of. I think the thing is like lots of people get nausea, headaches, and memory loss. Yeah. For other medical reasons, right? right?
0: But like the whole brain damage thing. Yeah, that's but that's weird.
1: Yeah, but I was just
0: thinking like maybe citizens do have this thing. It's just that they don't link it to the same maybe name right because they say havana syndrome because it's havana cuba but i don't know that's just what i'm thinking like i'm probably anyone else in this world has probably had something like this
1: yeah their concern was just it suddenly there were sudden reports all coming at the same time mm-hmm. from all these workers working
0: yeah yeah. yeah. Same,
1: and because you know their intelligence it's kind of concerning yes. because there is vendetta against them mm-hmm. and that time um cuba and us were still having tension problems right. and lots of people chalked it up to like whoever this foreign enemy was or this enemy was just trying to ruin tensions between cuba and united states because if this hap- like because this happened us pulled all of its personnel from cuba, cuba. which Struck a chord in (laughs) the, uh, struck a chord between them even more than there was already Right. Yeah. And if the theory was true, like, is there technology that these days that can even cause it? I don't know. Just because
0: if you had something like a biochemical weapon, how the hell would you target
1: certain people that you know are intelligent? Oh, what if you put it like they all work in the same area, right? Oh, true. But then wouldn't they all have gotten it? Yeah,
0: unless they have some sort of immunity, but that doesn't even make sense.
1: Maybe it was like a failed thing where they (laughs) work for everyone. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's not foolproof.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And obviously, like I said, the end, like whoever could have done that gained this, like cutting the ruining the relationship between cuba and u.s but it happened in other intel like areas as well right Mm -hmm. and like the only thing i can think of is if this super secret enemy made this biochemical weapon that they were just testing out they're like "Hmm, let's test it out see if it works and they only hear that only five people got sick. And they were like,
0: like, oh, damn. Like, doofenshmirtz. Like, <laughs> Gosh, it didn't work. My
1: doofen Schmirt What's... 3.0. 3.
0: 3. No, no. It's oh. weird gadgets and stuff. Oh, no, it didn't work. Yeah. So. It's Perry
1: the Platypus. Perry. Yeah, maybe he saved them all. It should be. Well, those are the three stories that we have for you today. But before we leave you, we have... Our Sunday Snippet into the Past. So, on January 23rd,
0: 1969, NASA unveils a moon landing craft. Nice. Dope.
1: Anyway. That's a long time (laughs) ago.
0: That's true. I remember us... And some other person having a conversation one time, like, in the span of, like, 40 years, we've gone from, or more like 100 years, we've gone from, like, the first airplane to landing on the moon to Elon Musk's weird stuff, (laughs) satellite stuff in the sky, right? Yeah. Like, that's insane technology.
1: Yeah. It seems so, I don't know why, it doesn't seem so far, like too far uh too long ago like moon landing but it's been like 60 years yeah 60 lot. years is a lot like yeah. thinking about moon landing versus what i think about life was like in 1969 i don't know why that's true just doesn't yeah it just it doesn't, doesn't make
0: sense add up for some reason i don't know
1: it's just the way we think they about were it ahead of their time technically i yeah. guess so
0: <laughs> but yeah anyway Thank you guys so much for listening and have a good Sunday.